Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. And so it is very focused on how to take the gift that you have inside you that God gave you when you were born and to make those profitable businesses. And it's really important that we do that because that's how we stay out of trouble. Um, A lot of the things that we see in media with people getting in trouble in business is because they're not operating in their purpose. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing. I'm excited to bring you this week's episode of Nora Speaks. Our guest is Lenita Mitchell-Blackwell. Lenita is the CEO of Bold Favor Media Group and the CEO of Leading Through Living Community. She is a Forbes Coaches Council contributor. She has a private law firm and accounting firm. She's a keynote speaker, a success coach, a wife, and a mother. And this does not even tell it all. I'm very excited to have had this conversation with Lenita. I first met her in December of 2017 when I was fortunate to be, to be honored with the Bold Award in Human Dignity. In meeting Lenita, it was like meeting gravity. She has a certain kind of energy. She has a certain kind of grace that made me want to learn more about her. And in observing her team's admiration for her, I knew that she is a great leader. In this conversation, Lenita talks about finding one's purpose and how unique partnerships is the real key to success. Lenita also shares how being disenchanted after attending a conference led to the creation of the Emerging Leaders Institute. In this episode, you'll hear Lenita's energy, you'll hear her love, and you'll hear the grace with which she talks about the hard work that she has put in but she's done it without the hustle and grind kind of a language that we use today. Lenita exemplifies what we can do when we have faith. Please enjoy this episode with my guest, Lenita Mitchell Blackwell. Well, Lenita, I am so glad that you are this week's guest on the Norris Speaks podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, just in reviewing your bio, it is uh, it is um, it's extensive. So, you're the CEO of Bold Favor Media Group. You're the CEO of Leading Through Living LLC. You've uh, studied law uh, at Georgetown, accounting at FAMU um, or Florida A and M. Uh, university, for those who don't know what FAMU is. You manage Leading Lady Legacy and Emerging Leaders Institute. In addition to that, you're a Forbes Coach Council, Coaches Council contributor. Uh, you're a 3PA, a publisher, an author, keynote speaker, executive producer, success coach, wife, and mother. Is there anything that I left out? 
No, but I did want to make one correction. I actually am a Georgia State University College of Law grad, not Georgetown. <laughs> Georgia State. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, wow. So that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. I, I so stay t- busy, but I'm grateful. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so tell us about your background. So, sure. I, I think I, I should start first with just saying that I'm a bold person, but I'm flawed. And mm-hmm. all of the things that you have read off about my resume have come from those flawed places. I recognize that there were things about me that needed to be changed. And I just said to myself, well, you know, if I'm having these issues, then maybe some other people are too, and I should share. Um, And so every step in my life has been focused on that. Uh, The second thing I should also share is that I would not be where I am today in any of my endeavors if it were not for the incredibly loving and supportive family God blessed me with. Um, From my parents, um, Byron and Patience Mitchell, from my incredible husband, Brian Blackwell, my daughter, Angelica, my siblings, um, they have all come together and provided the warm, nurturing environment that's necessary to be vulnerable and to share the missteps and the, oh, my goodness, why did I do that or say that moment so Mm. that I could share the lessons that came from those things and grow businesses from those things. And so I just wanted to take a moment and just say thank you to my family and, of course, to my friends who are like family for all they have done for me. That's wonderful. So you said that you recognize that you your flaws and that others have them too. So tell us how you help um, the people, the, the women and the men that you work with through coaching. Sure. So, When I wrote my first book, Leading Through Living, A Guide for Women Seeking Growth Through Leadership, it was at a time when truly everything was going right in my life. Uh, Family was good. Uh, My firm, my law firm was doing well. But I really felt like there was something else that I needed to be doing. And I was already serving in the community. But God led me to, you need to write a book about the things that you have been through to grow into the professional you are today. And like a lot of times we do, I was like, Lord, we have a completion problem. See, when we have a problem, it's we. (laughs) We Mm -hmm, have a problem. And so when I put that book out there, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't do any promotions. I didn't do a press release. I literally put it up on Facebook and I shared it with my um, email list at the time, which was just my friends and family. And people read it and invited me to come speak. And so it took off from there. I would go out, talk about my book. Um, People would invite me out again. And as I was out talking with people, they would ask me to help them in various areas of their lives. And what I found, particularly with women, is that when you're a small business owner, you are your business, your business is you. And so What I call success coaching because it takes a very holistic approach. A lot of people would call it life coaching or business coaching, but for me, it's all together. And so one day I saw one of my good friends on Facebook, Deborah Hightower, she had published an article on Forbes and I went to look at it and read it and it was excellent and they were accepting applications. Um, And so I put in and, 
in October of this year, I was accepted into the Forbes Coaches Council. And I cannot overemphasize how wonderfully valuable that experience just in these two months has been. I have been able to talk with and write alongside incredible professionals who have similar experiences, but different enough that I am still learning and growing. And my clients get the benefit of that as well. And so the information that we now share, particularly with our nonprofit, the Jewel Jackson McCabe Emerging Leaders Institute, has a lot of the information and the expertise I obtained from the Forbes Coaches Council family. And so we really redid all of our curriculum for the year. And so it is very focused on how to take the gift that you have inside you that God gave you when you were born and to make those profitable businesses. And it's really important that we do that because that's how we stay out of trouble. Um, A lot of the things that we see in media with people getting in trouble in business is because they're not operating in their purpose. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing. And Mm. so when you're operating in your purpose, there is a level of excellence that you operate in that is accountable to all that is, that is accountable to our great creator, to God, and not to ourselves as man. And so we don't get in a lot of the situations that we see in the news. And when those times we do fall short, we are surrounded by people who know that we've been called and who can hold us accountable. And so Mm. that's what we have really done with our program. And we have gotten such rave reviews from our pilot class. And I call it pilot with a smile on my face because Emerging Leaders has been graduating women and girls all over the world for nine years. We've literally had over 400 people go through our program And so we're going into our 10th year, and with all of this new information to share, I am just so excited, so excited. Well, let's talk about the Emerging Leaders Institute. Um, In January, January 13th, you're going to be launching um, your new cohort in Birmingham. But in addition to telling us about the Emerging Leaders Institute specifically and just what you talked about with um, helping us find our purpose. So sometimes we'll think that because we do have a talent or a skill set that we've been recognized for, that that's where our purpose is. But how do you help those within your institute find their purpose? So I tell anyone who asks, how do I know what my purpose is? Sometimes you have to back into it. And you start with two things. What do you like and what are you good at? Because you would not be good at and like something that was not of the creator. You just, that's Mm -hmm. just not how it works. Start there and then you will get to why you were placed on this earth. And then you will be able to hone the skills that are necessary to become excellent. And so that people are seeking you out to do what you do. Um, One of the things that we really work with are participants in Emerging Leaders, um, most of them come to us, they already have either an idea or are already working in a business. And sometimes it really takes us sitting down and saying, are you happy doing this? When Mm. you wake up in the morning, is this on your mind? If the answer is no, then this is not your purpose and we need to really get down to what is. Sometimes it does 
require us to have them go through a skills assessment or spiritual gifts assessment. And you can find these tools free online if you just do a Google search. So it's not that we're asking people to spend money, but we do require you to spend time really digging into you. And with women, that can be a challenge because a lot of times we save ourselves for last. We are looking at making sure our spouse is good. We're making sure our children are great. We're volunteering in our communities and our religious organizations. And by the time we get home in the evenings, we are zonked. We're exhausted. And so there's not a whole lot of time left over for us. And so we encourage our participants to put ourselves first. And that is really hard because Mm -hmm. there is this feeling of being selfish. And so we tell them, no, 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 because when mommy is strong, when mama is good, she can share all that strength with her family. And there is going to be a direct and totally attributable increase in the productivity and the love that the family enjoys. And Wonderful. and I've not seen a case where that has not been the case. I've just not seen Thank it. You. That's beautiful. Um, so specifically about the Emerging Leaders Institute, how can uh, applicants apply and what would they look to expect um, as a result of attending the institute? So our website is emergingleaderstoday.org. And this course that we're doing in Birmingham is called Tiffany, Training and Facilitation, Fostering a New You. This is the first course that we take our participants through because we teach you step-by-step how to create a workshop and facilitate it. So that's what happens on January 13th. And then the practicum requires the participants to actually create the workshop and then to execute it with one of our community partners. Uh, One of our partners this year is the Love Lady Center, where they help women, many of them who are victims of domestic abuse, get back on their feet. And so after participating and facilitating the course with our community partners, the participants are now certified instructors. And, of course, those are skills you can use in the workforce to start Mm -hmm. your own business, make some money on the side. From there, oh, yes. I mean, we, we, and because I am a a co-founder, there were four of us. It was myself, Deshaun Mayweather, Deborah Williamson, and V. Ivana Foster, who created the Emerging Leaders Institute. And like I told you at the beginning, I mean, it really started from a place of pain. Um, We, Deshaun and I went to a women's conference 10 years ago this past October, and it was a free-for-all. And mm. we sat in the Baltimore airport feeling that we had wasted a lot of time and money and we're not going home with even a tenth of what we thought we would. And so we were both married, newly married at that. My daughter was a baby. And so we were like, we can't go home to our husbands and say that we spent all this time and money. Right. <laughs> and didn't have anything. <laughs> That's right. And so we we created part one of this, which was the Tiffany program as well as the collegiate division. And then a few months later, we met Deborah and Ivana, and they had gone through similar experiences. And in talking, they came up with the middle school, high school divisions. Mm. 
And so we came together, and that is how Emerging Leaders was born. And so we have every year molded the curriculum to suit women of today. So the people who went through Emerging back in 2008, if they tell you about their experience, it will be very different from the people who went through in 2017. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. That is wonderful. I love that story. So how many how many applicants do you accept each each year? Um well we leave it open. Um okay. what we winds up happening and um we are really working on how to address this is like I said, women leave themselves last and we have a number of people say, Yes, that is perfect, I really need that and then they don't put in the application. And so oh, okay. our courses yes, and so the courses for the leadership division, which are the adult women, normally have between twelve and fifteen people. But when we do it for the young people, so middle school, high school, et cetera, you know, mom is bringing the kids, and so we have classes of twenty, fifty, seventy five. Right, right, <laughs> and, right. And and we we really gotta we really gotta get that together. And so in launching in Birmingham, we are doing this a little differently this time. And so the course is going to be free. The Tiffany course is going to be free, getting those facilitators in. Because I believe if we can get the women in and learn those skills and they, for, if, if even just one time, get in front of a room and impart those skills, and when it's done, to feel that excitement of having seeded into another life, I think that we'll be able to get more women into the leadership program every year. That is amazing. That is amazing. I I would encourage anyone who's listening who's in the Birmingham area to do take advantage of this because not only as you hear, are you not just going to get a fluff, Right. Like you said, you sometimes you've went to workshops or trainings or conferences and it, like you said, it was a free for all. But this is a training that's going to give uh, a, a concrete skill set that can be applicable anywhere we go. That is wonderful, Anita. So Thank let you. me ask you, did you have coaches and, and mentors along the way in your journey? Absolutely. Yes. Um I very much attribute our namesake for emerging leaders, Jewel Jackson McCabe, as a huge part of me becoming the woman I am today. Uh, Ms. McCabe is actually the founder of the National Coalition of 100 Black Women. And I was serving as president at one time when I met her. And she spent so much time with me, helping me to build our chapter, which was Stone Mountain, Lithonia, Georgia back then, and then in building emerging leaders, creating the curriculum so that it would be timeless um, and right. truly be a part of a solid legacy, um, like the one that she has with the 100 Black Women being an advocacy organization for women of color. And um, we stay in contact now. I actually was, um, <laughs> before we got on the phone, just wishing her a Merry Christmas on Instagram. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. And um, as far as personally, I would have to say the women of, in my life, my mother, of course, Patience Mitchell, and my aunt, her older sister, Jessie Jenkins. Um, she never, ever accepted anything less than my best. If I came home with a B, she asked me why I didn't have the A. And it wasn't that she didn't 
instill pride in what I was doing is that she always knew that there was more that could be done. And that level of excellence I took into work with me and now I do in my service. And when people are with me, that is what I tell them when I'm coaching them. Any of my clients will tell you, and and they say this to my face, and I'm good with it. They say, Lanita is tough. Oh, my Lord, Mm. she is tough. And I'm like, (laughs) and you are tough as a number one bestseller, aren't you? Mm. You are tough doing a good job in your business. Your babies love you. Your husband is looking at you a little differently, isn't he? Yes, I'm tough, and I am unapologetic about that. That's that's amazing. So are you doing what you thought? as a child, which you might have fantasized or imagined or aspired to do as a child? Uh, Yes and no. Um, As a child, I always thought I would be a teacher. Um, Mm. And so I am. It's just in a different way. Um, And then I had in mind that I would be a lawyer. I really thought I was going to be like a um, law and order kind of lawyer, but um, I, I really don't like that kind of courtroom litigation kind of stuff, but I am, and I have a firm. And um, then my dreams kind of changed when I went to um, undergrad, and I knew that there was something else other than get a job, make a lot of money, and get a family, but I didn't know what. And so at that point is where I was like, well, Lord, I'm just going to place myself in your hands and use me. And so it it was really at that point that things really started to to change for me and to really prosper and grow. And so I take it very seriously to share that with the people around me and who seek me out. Yes. So tell us um, about the Bold Favor Media Group. Uh, you have multiple magazines and 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 you do television and radio radio production. How did you transition into media (laughs) so it'll actually be four years ago in february i was invited to the international women's conference in bangalore india it is put on every couple of years by the art of living foundation founded by his holiness sri sri ravi shankar and it is a incredibly empowering three-day conference of delegates from literally all over the world. When I attended in 2014, there were 60 countries represented, and I attended with my girlfriend, uh, Tanika Valburn, who was the first African-American to actually be invited to speak there because they've had other Africans there from African nations, but never any from the United States. And the people that I met and the speakers were so amazing. I really wanted to share that with the world. And while I was there, God told me, you're going to found a magazine. And, you know, even then, <laughs> I had in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be about 15 or 20 pages, newsletter. And so <laughs> I <laughs> I did not prepare the infrastructure, the platform for that. I had newsletter in my mind, and so I was going to do it in Microsoft Word. And when I got back from India, I was so excited, and I sent out the emails and solicitations for people to advertise. I advertising started 
at $25 because I wanted it to be affordable for entrepreneurs and people just starting their businesses. And what we got back was 84 pages of content. And so at that point, you don't have a newsletter. It's a magazine. Right, right. <laughs> right. And so, and and I, I'll tell you, um, the first issue of Bold Favor, and you can go and look at it. I've not changed it because that's part of my story, was done in Word. And when if you, sometimes you just got to go out there and put it out there anyway and know that right. next issue you're going to do better. And we did. And so every issue we built on that and we started with Bold Favor, Leadership Lifestyle Magazine that highlights bold people, organizations, and causes that inspire us to live fearlessly. And then we built from that to Bold Ageless Beauty, which is for the 40 and upset. Um, and that is done in partnership with Tina Bridges because she, as a model, once she turned 40, she felt that the industry turned its back on her. And in mm-hmm. talking with other people, mostly women, she found that her experience was not unique. And so they established an entire platform around this message that 40 is not just an age, it's an attitude. There is life after 40. Um, right. And then Bowl Plus. We started Bold Plus because one night um, our current president, who was then still running for office, was fat-shaming people, and I was not okay with that. I said, when did it come okay to make fun of people because of their size? And so it was our positive answer to people who are curvy and beautiful and plus size. Excuse me. And so then people started coming to us and asking us to publish their magazines. And so we have a couple that are rolling out in 2018 that don't have the bold tag on, but are still incredibly empowering, Pretty Hair Posse for Teens, and um, Stay Focused Connection, which is totally faith-based. And that the media world is very small. So if you're in magazines, you're going to be rubbing shoulders with people who are in radio and TV, and a lot of them are just getting started, and so they need sponsorship. Well, in order to grow our platform, we need advertising on radio and TV. And so in partnering up, and we did a lot of things via barter and still do, that's how we wound up being executive producers of several TV and radio shows that people in Atlanta listen to today. And so it's really been with at our core, how do we highlight bold people, organizations, and causes that inspire us to live fearlessly, whether we're the publisher or the platform or not? That's I love this. I love yeah. this. I love, I love, I love the bartering and the way you are establishing partnerships because we sometimes have to take unique approaches because the capital might not be there, but we are still resources to each other. So I love, right. I love how you've been able to do this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, I, well, I'm, I, I want to thank you again. I was um, fortunate enough to be uh, an award recipient at the Bold Awards this December, um, receiving yes. the award in, in human dignity. And I, I have to say, when I, when I walked in, I said, oh, this is like a regular award show that you would see <laughs> if you're at home and you're watching BET. It was <laughs> Such a wonderful and refreshing uh, take on an awards program because usually it's a banquet. Usually you're in a dining hall, and but this was an actual award show. There was a band, there was a singer, there was a comedian. I love how you put that together. 
Thank you. And it, it was a team effort. It truly was. Tinsley Bradford, who is our PR director, and David Good, who is our president of Bold Favor Media Group, and Brianna Screen, who no one sees because she actually lives in Miami, but she is the editor-in-chief of all of our magazines. Um, it's all of us working together to make sure that people have fun, but that they are also educated and empowered as well. And you know, in, in putting this together every year, we realize that people need to party, but we got to do it with purpose. And so yeah. that is the thought behind the Bowl Awards every year. And I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. I did. I did. It was my it was my first Bold Awards. And what I noticed about the honorees, they were people who were doing significant things in their community. So these are people who are just at the ground level, just really making impacts in people's lives. And I'm not from, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jersey girl. So, but it seemed to me that there was the who's who of the area at those awards, at that awards program. Yes, we work hard to make sure that the leadership in the um, West Atlanta area, because uh, the program is held in Douglasville, Georgia, which is about 20 minutes west of the city of Atlanta. And so what we do is we invite all of our politicians and all of our community leaders as our honored guests because mm -hmm. they need, just like we need, they need the exposure. They need to meet the people who are highlighting their communities. And the people in the room need to know who they are too. Um, right. I think a lot of times we, we really have in our minds that the people who serve us are independently wealthy and that mm. they can just go off and do whatever they want. But they really do rely on our support as far as volunteerism, but also for donations to keep things going. And so I, I look at the Bowl Awards as also an incredible networking opportunity because the people who stay afterwards and talk and, and network are the folks who come back and say, you know, we're doing such and such now or this collaboration or like mm. you were talking about the barter. It never fails. And that is, for me, another high note of the awards. Yes. And, and let me just say, in attending the awards and observing how your team operates with you, around you, for you, you have clearly, just based on my observation, have set not just a standard, but that you are also an example of work and, and, and integrity in the work. Um, and I thought it was so touching when you were surprised and presented with an award. But clearly your leadership is one that they love. And I think that strong leaders um, have to show their team that not only are they willing to delegate, but they're also willing to work. And it really seems that your team has that kind of respect for you. I appreciate that. And this is going to sound crazy, but the way that we do it is I trust them. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just I give them something and they do it and I don't follow up. I mean, I trust that they are working within what we are creating together, but also what God has given them to do outside of bold favor. And in that trust, there's also support, not only what they do for me, but what I do for them as well. When a person is happy, they will work. 
not just for themselves, but for you. And so every person, particularly in leadership, within our organization has something else that they are working on as well. And a lot of times I go to that stuff. And if I can't, particularly since I've now relocated to Birmingham, I would, what my uncle used to say before he passed away, I I send myself. So either Mm -hmm. somebody, or I know I'm sending some people to attend or I'm donating to make sure that their events and their um, successes are recognized as well. Um, I also don't micromanage. It's just not in me. If you tell me that you can do something, I'm going to trust you to do it. And if you fail, that's okay. You just have to be honest with me about what's going on. And if we, I can support you in some way so that we get it done, great. And if you don't, then we'll, you know, get it right the next time. Um, I'm pretty easygoing. I'm a person of excellence. But I do recognize that you have to make mistakes. Um, I was doing an interview with a gentleman about two weeks ago, and what he said is, fail fast, move forward. I love that. And that's exactly what we do. We fail fast and we move forward. That's wonderful. And your team, I I agree with what you said and about them, um, you know, loving the work that they do. And I think that we can love the work that we do when those in leadership empower us. And so that was definitely, um, you know, obvious from them. But uh, let me ask you, how do you manage to wear so many hats? So we talked about you have the the Bold Saver Media Group. You're an attorney. You're a certified uh, public accountant. You're a wife. You're a mother. You're you're the wife of a minister, which has its own obligations. Um, And then you, you you know, the coaching program that you do. So how do you how do you manage all of this? I literally just take it one day at a time. Um, Thankfully, I'm at a place in my life where um, I have really good help. Um, My administrative assistant, um, who who wears many hats, Erica, um, she has helped tremendously. And then also we have a strong team with bold favor, so they are running the show there. And then with Leading Through Living, we have a strong team there as well. Um, With the firm um, and my accounting, well, with both my law firm and my accounting firms, um, God worked it out so that I'm never busy with both of those at the same time. Um, So when I'm and down peak during the summer is when the accounting picks up, and then when that goes away in the fall, the law picks up again. So, um that that's how it really has worked out. And then as far as home, um, I I cheat a little. My mom lives with me, and so <laughs> good for you. Yeah. So she helps a lot with my daughter, um, and then she is a preacher's kid, and so she um, is a huge help to my husband. I mean, I'm there too. You know, mm-hmm. I'm there too. But he he always has the benefit of my mom, and so. Since my husband and I, we've been married 18 years now, and my my mother did not have any boys. And so when I got married, she got her son, and yes. so she is just, like, all over him. She's just like, oh, my son, my son, my son. I have to remind her sometimes, like, you know, I, I was the one you pushed out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. You're my mom. Yeah. <laughs> that is That's wonderful. Um, well, how do you go with what criteria are you looking to build your team? Because, like you said, you have to be able to rely on them. You have to 
you know, know that when you're elsewhere getting things done, um, that they are too, you know, managing the business at hand. So what characteristics do you look when you're looking to expand your team? You know, I, um, for the most part, have not done that. Um, it's actually been the other way around. People have come to me and said, I want mm. to work with you in some capacity. And so I'll ask them, well, what did you have in mind? And so they'll start there. And if it's not really working out, I'll ask them, well, I need help in this area. Would you like to try that? And that has happened to just about everybody. Case in point, when David Good, who is currently our president, started with us, he started as a writer. He and his wife have a column called The Good List, and it's normally politically or community-based. And so when I um, got ill a few years ago and needed to go in the hospital, um, David and I were just on the phone talking one day, and I just mentioned to him that I was worried about what would happen while I was down. And he said, well, I can manage the range um, while you're you're down for a little while. And so he became managing editor kind of de facto. And he did a good job. And then we started growing with multiple magazines. And so he became editor-in-chief. Um, and it became way too much for one person to do all of the edit work. And so David also is an incredible salesman. And so I was like, David, why don't you become the president? You bring in the dollars, and then we get someone else to be EIC. And, of course, you know, guys, they don't say no to promotions. They're like, yes, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And so so that's how it happened. And it's just been, well, we're we're celebrating our four years in March. So in less than four years, we started off as a writer, and it's now the president. This is such an amazing conversation, Lenita. It almost sounds like you live an enchanted life, but, you know, I I believe in the law of attraction and what you put out is returned to you. Um, This is is amazing. So it sounds like you're living a dream life. It is. It is. Um, But it's not without its challenging. Challenges, I have to tell you. Um, One of the things in doing bold favor is that almost – Every month, I am funding this myself through my firms, through the law and the accounting. Um, And it's one of the reasons that I very much feel that my gifts were not given to me just for me to enjoy, but for others to enjoy the fruits. Um, Mm. One part about putting forth positive content is that a lot of people are waiting to see if you're going to be around tomorrow. Um, That's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it's funny because I tell people a lot of times, you know, we got started because I saw the first installment of the Real Housewives. I'm not talking about Atlanta. I'm going way back. And I was so furious at the way that we were being depicted as women. Um, and then when they started Atlanta as African-American women, I was like, we have to do something about this. And although I had no experience in media, you know, I knew that something had to be done. And, and I really think that it was those feelings of frustration that God was able to tap into while I was in India and say, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. 
Um, but we need advertisers. We need sponsors. Right. And um, God gives you what you need. You just have to ask them. And it was it right. was hard for me to ask. Um, that is one of my flaws, pride, um, because I was like, I'm doing all these things with my law firm and my accounting firm. I should be able to pay for all this myself. But that's not why God gives you a big vision. It needs to be carried by many so that it can go to the four corners of the earth, right? That's right. And right. so I was talking with one of my girlfriends who I literally met on an elevator one day. And I normally don't talk to people on elevator, but I saw her and we connected immediately and talked for two hours that day. And I've been able to watch her business grow. Uh, Sanji Willingham, who was an honoree at the awards program. And whatever. Beautiful lady. Yes. Whatever it is I have ever needed, she has made happen. She has not been miserly. She has never said no. She just makes it happen because she knows and she believes too. And that is the type of people that we need to mm-hmm. be supportive of our organization. Yes. Wow. You know, I, I, I <clears throat> excuse me, I definitely can, can empathize with you about, you know, when you're looking to produce positive content, people always expect an expiration date because, you know, yes. we don't think that, positivity has longevity, but like you said, if we have the will to do it and the spirit to do it, then, you know, God will give us what we need. Um, You know, we have to get, like you said, beyond our own pride sometimes. This is amazing. So let me just ask you, Lenita, what do you see as your purpose? My purpose, I am a tipper. Um, A tipper is a person who brings others together. Mm. And so my purpose is to bring people of purpose together. And I do that in every area of my life. And so I always know when I'm off track, even because a lot of opportunities come my way, some really cool stuff. And I have learned to be able to discern whether that is really supposed to be for me or if I'm supposed to direct that to one of my clients or to a friend who may one day become a client by saying, is there an opportunity for me to bring people together? Because if there's not, this is not for Lanita. Yes. Right. Wow. So another question, has there been a a book that has had, um, you know, a particular impact on you or um, a, a talk, a lecture that has impacted you and how you live and how you do business? So, um It's more a quote and a person. Um, The quote is actually a very old one by uh, Ambassador and former First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. And it is, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. Mm. And what she was saying um, was that there's no way that you could ever move forward and do anything great unless you conceive it and know just like the grass is green, that this can be achieved. And so whether you are able to totally conceive all the wonder and wow that is about to come or not, is not important. The fact is that you know that there's something really good about to happen and you're going to just walk in it and just accept it as it comes. Um, The second is a person and it's Lisa Nichols. 
And it's interesting because she um, just recently came on my radar as an incredible woman to follow. She was actually our cover in June 2016. And I had the honor of attending her Motivating the Masses Speaking Right Conference in Atlanta this past November. This woman was able to make herself and remake herself over and over again through single motherhood, through literally homelessness, sleeping in her car, through abject poverty, and to still love people, to still embrace people. And she's very candid about the challenges that she faced, even now, Um, and the fact that sometimes she had to do things for free, and she had to go in all the way until she had spent her last dime knowing that God was going to provide. Um, Mm. One of the things that she shared during the conference was that when she did chicken soup for the African-American soul, she um, made a quarter for every book she sold herself. But for Mm. the international sales of that $125 she made not a dime. Wow. And when she went on tour to promote the book, She paid for it herself. She took the money she had in savings, which was $16,000, and she spent every dime of her own money and came home broke. But the people she met on that tour and the connections that she was able to make is what launched her to provide her with the platform she has now with motivating the masses. And she can speak candidly and saying, I'm a millionaire now because of that. But it required me to show the universe, to show God that I was all in. And so that's what I think to myself when I literally had spent every dime of my money, maxed out every credit card, went to the line for my credit lines, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm all in. And that's when he bought in Sanji Willingham. That's when he bought in mm. David and Tinsley and Brianna as our leadership team. That's when he showed up and showed out. But you have to show God that you're all in, that you're serious and you're for real. Yes, I love that. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Lisa Nichols has been someone that I've been watching from a distance, and I, too, um, agree that she has an amazing story of resilience and belief in self um, like um, I've never heard before. Um, So before uh, I ask my final question, I want to thank you so much for not just joining me here so that the North Speaks audience can uh, to hear you, but just what you're doing in the community by empowering um, the women there, empowering our girls there, by building, building a um, media group that is all positive, where our people can open a magazine and we won't have to be ashamed if our children, you know, are there. We don't have to be afraid if, you know, our parents see in the magazine that it is all positive. And yeah. I know the struggles that, you know, we can have when we're looking to just promote positivity because there's so much um, revenue in, in, in negativity and, and nonsense. So I just want to thank you for the, the labor and the leadership that you're exhibiting. I, I know that those who you work with and those who work with you are just being touched tremendously. Thank you. Thank you very um, much. So, uh, oh, wait, before, before I ask my last question, how can the listeners 
um, apply to the Emerging Leaders Institute? If they go on our website, which is emergingleadersnow.org, it is the first post there, um, and they can click on the Eventbrite link, or they can go directly to eventbrite.com and put in Emerging Leaders Birmingham, and it will come right up. Okay, and I'll make sure that I include the link to emergingleadersnow.org in the show notes. And just for my final question, I see the work that you're doing and how you're inspiring others. Um, For example, the idea that you have to help the uh, participants in the Emerging Leaders Institute to create and facilitate their own workshop, you are definitely being the movement. And I think that um, we can look to join other other movements for that we ourselves can be an embodiment of the movement. So how would you advise listeners to be the movement? When you see wrong, come up with a solution for the right, mm. and that's the movement. And it doesn't have to be big. When we started Emerging Leaders, it was me, Deshaun, Ivana, and Deborah, and we reached out to our girlfriends and told them our story. And our first class was 12 women, us included, us four. So we had eight other people, and we met at the local fire station. And so literally every time there was an alarm, we had to stop our <laughs> class <laughs> and we put a fire engine to leave. Uh, <laughs> we do. And now we Yeah. But, but that's, that's how you do it. it Forget about how I'm going to pay for it because we all put in our little pennies together and forget about where you're going to meet because one of the participants, her husband was a fireman and she was telling him about it. And he was like, well, we have a community room. Forget about all the challenges and the tr- struggles. Just get started. Just start. Wow. I love that. Thank you so much, Lenita, for being uh, this week's guest. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome, and thank you for having me, Sister Nora. I really appreciate you. Thank you again for listening to the Nora Speaks podcast. Be on the lookout for another episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, norazahira.com. Or if you have a listener question that you would like me to answer on air, you can email me at questions at norazahira.com. You can also follow me on Facebook at Muhammad and on Instagram at norz 20 I'll be sure to include links to the above in today's show notes. If this show has value to you, please like and subscribe and share it out with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember... Don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.